Welcome to Eagle's Nest Forum with Dr. Beecher Moorfield, an internationally known expert on biblically-based leadership and minister-to-ministers who will share thoughts from the Word of God on successful living. Now, let's join Dr. Moorfield for today's message. It's just a process of growth. And there are many people who have been born again and because of the lack of teaching and lack of training in their life, they've never grown. They've got mustaches on their face that you have to part to put the bottle in their mouth. Because they, they can't stand the meat of the Word. They can only handle the milk and, and that even in limited supply. And that's, that's maybe the way this particular brother is that Brother Clinton encountered. I'm not saying that to put him down. I'm just recognizing the reality of his place in life. But God will provide seed to the sower so that the sower can sow some seed. And God doesn't pay it. God doesn't provide seed to the sower as a payback. It, it's a gift. Oh, you, you, you're about... I'm, I'm, okay, are you ready for this? Luke 6.38, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you with, uh, to, to you with all. Let me ask you a question. What did God have to give? His son. Did God give his son? Okay, so this, this principle works for God. This is a God principle, okay? God gave Jesus. What has God gotten back? Probably billions by this time. Billions of men and women have done what? Let, let's, let's talk about it in the position of giving. Have done what? Given their life. You see, G God gave Jesus, and what has God gotten back? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, have men given into his bosom. If God used it, why don't we? Why don't we imitate him? Thank you. Give and it shall be. It's a God principle. It's not just God, something God gave us. This is a God worked principle. God never tithed. He said plenty of pity on the poor. God doesn't need the hundredfold return. But in that one arena of giving... God had to do something in order to get a return. And he did not give Jesus expecting nothing. He gave Jesus expecting everything. That's why your name was written in the book of life before you got saved. Yeah. God expected you to be his before the foundation of the world. He knew that we would be here in this place tonight before the foundation of the world. He knew who would be watching on Facebook this night before the foundation of the world. This message, this time, was prepared in the heart of God before the foundation of the world. And He gave Jesus so He could get all of us back. And He gave this tonight by His Spirit. Pre-prepared. He gave it to us here tonight. Why? So he could get it back. How's he going to get it back? In the hearts and the lives of the people that it feeds. 
Well, this has been a good evening. Amen. Talking about those people who want to receive, want to talk about seed sowing. Let's receive an offering now, shall we? No, we won't. We won't do that. Y'all pardon me if I sip tonight. Praise the Lord. All right, sir, I will. The Lord just told me to say this to the ministers of the gospel. And that can be you too, because we're all to be ministers. But particularly to the fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. When you sow, when you unload the word of God that is in you and pour it out, God will see to it that you will receive back. And listen closely. It'll come through other men sometimes. It'll come through other men. When you sow what you've got, God will fill you up with more seed. And a lot of times that seed will come from the messages that you hear from men and women of God who are truly anointed, truly called, truly equipped, and truly sent. You need to guard who you listen to. Take heed, Jesus said, what you hear. And take heed, Jesus said, how you hear. I've been in services where the man began to get outside, way outside the Word of God. And I have stood up and walked out. I walked out of the memorial service of one of the best friends I had. Because the preacher that was preaching his funeral so violated the integrity of the Word of God. That I had two choices. Rebuke him, since I didn't pastor that church. That took that choice away. So I stood and walked out. I refuse, particularly where the speaking of God, the word God's word is concerned, to sit and submit myself to, to gross misrepresentations. Of the Word of God. Now, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm not going to allow myself to be embalmed with unbelief. And if you sit and listen to something like that just pour into you over and over and over again, now this is a hard saying, my brothers and sisters. But if you sit and listen to that over and over and over and over again, you're violating the scriptures when Jesus said to himself, take heed what you hear. Because faith comes by hearing, but so does doubt and unbelief. And then Jesus also said, take heed how you hear. Now that's why I get up and walk out sometimes. When I was pastoring a church, if a man violated the integrity of the word of God, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about getting fuzzy. I'm talking about sharp, Error in the Word. I would correct it at that moment. I'd get up and go to the pulpit and correct it. 
I don't know of anybody who is angry with me today because I did that to them and the ones I've done it to are still alive. But they have told me on more than one occasion that they are grateful that I did that. Okay? And the reason they're grateful is because they were looking for truth in the Word of God. They were, and, and they realized after it was after the event, they realized that what they had gotten caught up in was the tradition of men and something to just cause somebody to cry. Causing somebody to cry does not mean you're moving with the Spirit of God. It means you've touched a nerve. You've touched an emotion. Okay? So, if, if, I, had the, if I had the biblical authority... To cut it off at the point of, of, of origin, then that's my, that's my position. But if I do not have that biblical authority, the way I take, the way I take heed how I hear is by two options. One is to get up and leave so that I do not subject myself to it. The other is to pray in the spirit while I have, if I, if I have to remain to pray in the spirit while it's going on. Jesus Jesus said when at the tomb of Lazarus when Martha came out how did Jesus respond to her every time she opened her mouth? With the word. Now again I've told you this many times she went back and, and lied to Mary and said the master calls for you. He hadn't called for her. But she lied so Mary went out and Mary came out in her innocence of having been deceived to come out there and begin to say the same kinds of things Martha had said. And what did Jesus do when Mary came out speaking the same thing? He answered with a word and then he groaned in himself or in the spirit. What was he doing? He was groaning in the spirit. The Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. What happens when the Holy Spirit does that in us? We build ourselves up on our most holy faith. You see, Jesus realized what you're saying can't take my faith away from me, but what you're saying can tear me down. Tear me down. Are you with me? Okay. If I know, I know you get God. That's why when, when, when symptoms, when, when, and it, when a demonic attack comes against my body, you're not going to get me to say I'm sick. Why? Because if I begin to speak the doubt and the unbelief, it's, I, I'm already tearing myself down. The enemy is trying to do that and I'm helping him. And then at a certain level, I'll begin to speak doubt and unbelief. Okay, so I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going. I'm going to stop him every way I can, and God is faithful. So Jesus groaned in the spirit. He built himself up on his most holy faith because he knew that in the tomb, just a short distance from him, was a man already alive, waiting to be called forth. Because he said the day before. My friend Lazarus sleeps. I'm going to wake him up. And then when he gets to the tomb, all the people were saying, Behold, because he wept. Behold how he loved him. 
If he had been here, could not even he have, could he not even have stopped that Lazarus should have not? They were embalming the air with unbelief. And once again, what did Jesus do? He groaned in the spirit. Why? Because what they were saying was tearing him down on his faith. It wasn't hurting his faith. It was hurting him and his ability to use his faith. God help us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Lord, I pray for people tonight who are in places in life where they are forced because of their place in life, their position. They are forced to put up with garbage and doubt and unbelief being spoken around them. Would you open their eyes tonight, Father, and show them that there's a way they don't have to let them tear them, let that tear them down on their faith? You don't have to, that they don't have to allow that to weaken them, that by groaning in the Spirit, by praying in the Spirit, when that happens, by taking heed how they hear, that that not only becomes an effective deterrent to the doubt and unbelief, but it also builds them up on their most holy faith. So when the time comes to exercise faith against that garbage, their word has impact. Their word has power. To correspond with Dr. Moorfield, you may contact him on his website at eaglesnestforum.com or join him on Facebook at facebook.com slash eaglesnestforum. And be sure to subscribe to the Eagles Nest Forum YouTube page at youtube.com slash at sign eaglesnestforum. Join us again next time for another inspiring message by Dr. Beecher Morfield.